We begin the countdown, a quick look at what is not making the countdown, what is not quite good enough. The story, that's our cutoff at number 11 with the headline, Hooked on a Feeling, Raindrops, Singer BJ Thomas Dies at 78. This was a big deal for a lot of people who remember listening to his song in the 70s, his songs in the 60s and 70s, and of course, a bit of a revival coming up now because everything old is new again. But if you want to know more and more about BJ Thomas and his Grammy awarding songs and his life, you need to go to our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, and you'll see a link to every single story that charted inside of this week, all 209 of them. In the meantime, we'll get starting on talking about the top 10 stories and the one at 209 in just a bit here on the Weekly Wrap-Up with Jay Cook and Payne. This is your show for the week ending June the 5th, 2021. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. This show is the Weekly Wrap-Up. It's a podcast that goes through a wrap-up of the week's worth of news that we presented for you via our social media channels as a part of the Conversation Project. Our goal is to find the most conversational, most intuit, most big-time news stories per you, not per any news director, not per any other source other than what you're saying, other than, of course, sourcing the news. We pull stories from a variety of sources. Some you may love, some you may not love, some we even question their validity. But we put it out there about every 50 minutes, a post on our social media, and you react to the stories. You engage with them. You like them. You love them. You hate them. You you comment to them. You put little emojis by them. The more engagement a story gets inside of the week of each different headline, the higher score it gets to the end of the week. Now, at the end of the week, we go from Friday to Friday. We pull down the stories, put them in the spreadsheet, and put a weighted averaging system that the spreadsheet does the math for because I don't do math. Because the Twitter love is always much higher than the Facebook love. It comes up with one score that we go from top to bottom every week to give you what's in the top 10 and what's at the very bottom at what we call the almost relevant story of the week. That story being one that was posted late slash early on the Friday when we cut things off. So that's why it did not get the response that was there. That's story 209. And we'll talk about that one near the end of the show. Now, as we said, you follow us on social media. This is a conversation on Facebook and TH underscore conversation on your Twitter. And as you see those responses, you engage with them there. If you want to get deeper into what's going on with us, talk to us about anything, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. And of course, this is powered by you. So stop by this is the conversation.com slash partnerships and see if there's some way that you would like to help us keep the lights on and keep ourselves caffeinated, if you will. So let's go ahead and get into this new stories, the ones that you actually want to talk about. Spoiler alert, two big time stories, two big uh, super stories. We'll explain what those are when we get to them in a moment. But let's start off with a story that I think is kind of super. It's at number 10. And the headline for number 10 reads, Lil Uzi Vert removes $24 million pink diamond lodge in his forehead after his head started leaking. Hard to read that one, kind of long, but it pretty much tells you what you need to know. We posted this for you to see on Wednesday, the 2nd of June. This story gets a bump in response, which means more people were responding to this one than the previous one, why it's 10 and not 9 by 2.38%. The day that we posted this in the newsletter, and all these stories for this week made it into the eight things to talk about newsletter, more on that in a bit, uh, it had a 9.74% engagement on the day. Worldbible.com, which is getting us all sorts of 
goodish news these days is our source for it. And here comes the deal on Lil Uzi Vert, another one of those rappers who I couldn't pick out of a lineup if somebody held a gun to my head and offered me money. But apparently he's had this dime in his head for about four years, um, 10, almost 11 karat bling in his head. That said, it's cost more than his cars and his houses. You would think so. $24 million is a lot of money. And he got it lodged in his head. He's 26 years old now. He got it lodged in his head a few years back. And he finally got all the payments off. 2017, essentially, since he's been paying this thing off. So it's been a while. But by the time he had it paid off, much like the depreciation of your car, it's not worth what you started paying for it after a while. And this is the serious case for him. And not so much because of the, the monetary value, but it was because blood and brain fluid was leaking from the crack in his head. When you lodge large things like diamonds into your skull, it cracks that bone that is your skull. And when your skull is holding your brains, which all our skulls do, uh, cracks tend to be a nice way for liquid to come out of your brain and your skull. And that's what we have. So to keep himself from losing any more brain cells, literally, uh, Lil Uzi Vert had that pink diamond removed. Not sure what exactly he's doing with the diamond because the diamond still costs. Diamond still belongs to him. It just is no longer living in a big chunk of his head, which we are all glad for. So we can create all that great music that, oddly enough, I don't actually listen to. There you go. Moving on along to story at number nine, which is fitting for a story about a diamond in someone's head. This is a pretty weird, wacky one, but this is something we posted and you guys responded to it. It was uh, housed. We found it on Comic Sans, which is also becoming an odd place of good and not so good news these days. It made its newsletter's debut this week at 4.5% for the day. Uh, and it was posted on Friday, the 28th of the May, so this one lasted the full weekend, a big time one, with a 3.12% uh, bump in response from the previous story. The headline for this one, jewelry store employee calls out guy who bought a ring for his girlfriend and one for his side piece. So there you go. This happened in Canada where uh, people are much more polite there, except for this guy, apparently. A viral TikTok video showed a woman who worked there at the jewelry store had helping a guy out buy some jewelry for his girlfriend. But also, just to make sure that everything was all fair, he got a piece for his side piece, which he basically said so. So uh, the caption on the video was, gotta support my girls. And the TikTok text said, if your boyfriend's name is Jake and he lives in Montreal, he just bought two rings, one for his girl, one for his side piece. Closing out with, you deserve better. Now, the sort of ironic thing or just sort of the karmic thing is that all the responses to the very video were basically calling out random guys named Jake or just guys that went by Jay in general for being Jays, if you will. Uh, this was one that, like we said, we post things out there all day long. Every 50 minutes, a brand new post So because we have to fill the feed. And this is one that you guys got a kick out of or maybe you got some heat anger out of. But enough of it to keep it in the running all weekend long and all week long to end up as the ninth story for the week. Let's roll on to the eighth story. This is one that was a bit disturbing. And I'm a bit disturbed that it actually made it this far. But luckily, the outcome for this was not very graphic. The headline for number eight reads, Report of shooting at Dallas North Park Center Mall was a skateboard being banged on the floor, police said. This was posted on Monday the 31st of May. 
bumper response of 1.5% from the number nine story. And the date this one hit into the newsletters on the uh, Tuesday that it was, they had total engagement of the day for 6.67%. The Dallas News is the source of this. It was out of Dallas. And this is a very simple story with a very simple, and like we said, a very uh, obviously good outcome for us, but it does say the situation's of themselves calls for some issues on the times of our signs of our times. The report came out of Dallas that there was a shooting or a active shooter scene in the food court at the Dallas mall, the Dallas um, North park center mall around 1:27 PM on that Monday. And the issue off duty cops came in to take care of what they could confront the man about three minutes later. So they were on the scene. Cops are on the scene pretty quickly. Uh, the on-duty cops got there a little bit after that, and the situation was taken care of. Of course, the news takes a while to get information what's going on. What turned out was a man who they described as mentally disturbed. That is the quote that they have. No word for who he is in this statement. But a man who was mentally disturbed was in the food court, banging a skateboard across the floor, and then doing his fingers in the form of a gun, going essentially like he was shooting people. Of course, the sounds were enough. The guy looking menacing looked enough. And people did what you do in these situations. They ran. They took cover. They called 911. Luckily, as we said, um, nothing was really uh, the matter other than the man who was disturbed. Just basically being a jerk in the moment. We hope the young man uh, is getting the help he needs, getting everything nice and clear. And we're, like we said, very glad this was not another one of those mass shooting actual problems we'd be talking about in the countdown for this week. At number seven, this is a story that's a little bit odd and takes a little getting into. And so bear with me for this one. Posted on Monday, the 31st of May, bumpy response of 12.96% from the story at number eight. On the day it posted into our eight things to talk about newsletter, which, of course, Tuesday, because it happened on Monday, uh, it was an engagement. It was pretty high at 16.36%. That many people engaged in it on that actual day. This one uh, headline has King's College London forced to apologize after staff outrage over Prince Philip email. I'm going to give you the quick cliff notes version of this one because my reading has been bad in these things lately. So just let me, let me tell you how, how this went. King's College in London apologized for an email bulletin they sent out to staff that had a picture of Prince Philip in it. It upset the staff. It doesn't seem like something all that serious, but let's go deeper into what the issue was. The prince's death, the Duke of Edinburgh, if you will, his death uh, happened a few weeks ago. The employees of the college were sent an email showing a picture of Philip opening the university's Mohan Library uh, with the Queen back in 2002. Duke was the governor of the university since 1955, so he represented this school as a part of his royal duties. Now, here's the, the issue about this. The, the college's diversity uh, director, diversity board, they have a board for diversity um, decided to this was the right time to cancel uh, the Duke after his death, unfortunately, because of his historical racism. Now, if you if you don't understand where that comes from, there was a lot of talk after the passing of Prince Philip about the good and the bad. You get that when you have people that pass when you have their videos, especially for this one, since they basically spent all after it happened in the morning here in the States and the afternoon there in over in Europe, uh, it, it essentially took over the news coverage for a good two, three hours of just Prince Philip stuff. And then, of course, at, until they would got along to his actual 
funeral, including us talking about whether Harry and Megan were showing up because that's what we really care about. But because he has a habit or had a habit of gaffes, uh, basically saying things that were just inflammatory, just out of sorts and plain like rude and racist, uh, the people on the staff of the college weren't happy to see that picture of Prince Philip. As I said, they chose that moment to cancel him, even though he literally had died uh, weeks ago or, or a day or so ago as per this happened. We're just not getting word of this notion because it takes a while for some of these things to come out. But there is still some backlash in the lives of Prince Philip and for people in general who are of a, let's say, older mentality, an older bent who uh, are used to saying things a certain way. And when you have the stature of a Prince Philip, you get a chance to get away with a lot more things than other people do, which he had. Now, he has apologized in later life for saying some things and just sort of things that are just general ribbing and, if you call it, locker room talk um, not even so long ago. But in these days, these times where not so much that we are all woke, but at least most of us are a bit more aware of the surroundings and how the words we say actually affect people around us, even they're not like us. It, this is a time where it was called out. I'm not sure this is the right time to call this one out, to be honest. But this happened. You guys got into it. You guys talked to it. We'll talk more about it if it's more of a just a, a now's a time to call these things out thing, or do they really, really, really think they really had a thing for Prince Philip? Email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we can chat this one up much, much further. Now, this story is a hot and heavy story, pun intended, that I knew was going to make it into the top 10 because it rose up so quickly and it started so early in the count. A Saturday to be exact. This one lasted all the way from Saturday and it is the longest lasting weekend story of the week at number six, Saturday, the 29th of May, if you need that date. A bumpy response of 13.08% um, from the story before that. And this is your headline. Marvel bosses reportedly unhappy over viral Tikai Watiti, Tessa Thompson, and Rita Ora photos. The day it got posted into the newsletter, that is Monday morning, 7.5% of the engagement. It actually was lower, but it gained as the story grew across the weekend and early on in the week. What went down? Oh, brother, what went down? So there were some viral pictures uh, in Sydney at um, Watiti's home. Um, uh, that had him and his girlfriend, the rumored girlfriend, Rita Ora, or Ora, who they've been rumored about being seen in public and seeing each other for a while, also being um, engaged, if you will, with Tessa Thompson, one of the stars of the Thor movies and Avengers Endgame and, of course, upcoming Thor Love and Rockets, uh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi is working with Tessa Thompson in the wrap-up, which is wrapped up a few days ago. But this was a scene of the three of them making out on the porch, literally just making out in pure public. And so the Marvel folks didn't quite like like this because they didn't really like their star, even though she is uh, pledged to be a bisexual woman, um, taking pictures, making out in a threesome with the, the producer and director of the movie and his girlfriend. It wasn't exactly Marvel friendly, kid friendly, family friendly fair because of that. Uh, well, while T.T. was apparently reprimanded, although we don't know what that reprimand is per this one, he's known for doing wild stuff and just being one of those guys. 
But the photos, quote unquote, crossed the line for the Marvel bosses, and they had to basically deal with it. Uh, as we said, the what we really want to know is when is Thor Love and Rockets coming out? And that's going to be this time next year or something like that. It is finishing its wrap-up of the filming as of last week or so, maybe middle of this week. It's all said and done. There was a tweet by him and and Chris Helmsworth uh, with the wrap-up picture of them just in costume and him in his CGI thing uh, saying it's done. What's going to become of Tessa Thompson? Will she be reprimanded? We don't know. What is the actual reprimands coming to uh, Taika Waititi? We don't really know. And Aura just gets to live the life, I guess. That is the story. That is life. And when you're famous like that, people notice. And people that are your bosses really, really, really seem to care. Even if the public seems to kind of go along with it. It is what it is. This is the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cliffin Payne. And as we said earlier, this podcast and the conversation project itself is powered by you. What does that actually mean? That's a fancy way of saying you guys do an awful lot of work with keeping the lights on and getting the distribution of this stuff. And, of course, actually doing the work for giving us a script. We need you to go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, and check out all these great features because it helps make things go. Click on the partnerships link so you can see if there's a way that... If you think we're giving great content, you can help partner with us directly to help keep things going. Click on any links for our advertisers. We get a bit of an affiliate link ad from uh, money from all those things. So the advertisers at the website, also in the newsletter, also in the feeds, and some that we'll mention here inside of the program. Go to the social media of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, or both. Make sure you follow us there. Facebook, this is the conversation.com. Search for us. We're still the blue speech bubble thing. We're working on changing, changing, updating the logos, but that's just right now. And on Twitter, it is TH underscore conversation. And then you engage with the stories as we say. And the most important thing you can do is share the podcast and share the feeds and share what we're doing with other people. The more people listening to the podcast, the better for everyone. The more people engaged in the feeds, the better the scores and the better the actual real conversation we get for folks. Oh, by the way, we've also started a morning coffee and conversation a webcast live stream where I go over the listings for the eight things to talk about and drink coffee in front of the camera and poorly read most of these stories. We do that as well. You'll see links to that as you go along. And we've added a feature where we have a robot who's a much better reader than I am read the stories to you. And you can get that by signing up for the newsletter as well. Links to sign up for the newsletter, links for all these things are at our website. This is theconversation.com. The Conversation Project is powered by you and we're so blessed to have you with us. Uh, check out the website and how you can help keep the Conversation Project going and what also tell us what we can do to help get things, get things the way you like them. For that, just email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. The story at number five popped up fairly late in the week. To be exact, it popped up on Wednesday, which sounds not not so late, but we just we cut this thing off on Friday morning. And it was a story that was a long time coming, even if a long time is only about three weeks, three and a half weeks. Posted on Wednesday, as you said, the 2nd of June, his story gets a bump in response of 10.88% from the story at number six with the headline, from the desk of Donald J. Trump blog shut down. That's what happened. On this week, they shut down, the president himself shut down his From the Desk of Donald J. Trump blog. Now, his website is still alive, so he can still publish things via that thing. And he's still working on his quote-unquote new social media presence, 
whatever that's going to end up turning into. But the blog that he started a month ago is officially shut down. Now, the reason why he had this blog was because he was banned from all social media, Twitter and Facebook. And because he had no way to have a quick outlet to the people, he first came up with this thing right here. Now, there were other different social media sites that have come and gone or been around and gone. Parler is one that's had its issues. And of course, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, created one that basically was just a funky website with a bad message board. Then it died as well. But the blog, because that's what it was from the desk of Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump didn't want to be called a blog, didn't want to call it a platform, he didn't like what people called it. Your blog is a platform for speaking, and that's what he—that's what it was. Didn't really work out so well for uh, the president, the uh, former, well, he's not former, he is 45 forever, because it just didn't work like the Twitter did. It wasn't unique and quick and short and funky. You had to actually write words that were coherent, and people had to actually go to the blog Although he could explain RSS feeds to folks if he really wanted to or if he understood them. But the blog itself, his current, was current uh, way of communicating to the world in quick bites to you know, whatever, whoever's listening. And there's a lot of people who want to hear, but not many people are listening to the blog, per se, um, shut down officially. His spokesperson, Jason Miller, said his new thing is coming and it's coming soon. That's all, That's all we got. At number four is the first of our super stories. This is a story that was posted here, the, the one we were talking about, on Monday. But it actually had the the beginnings over the weekend on Friday. Um, and it's sort of just the, the weirdness of it all. I'll explain all the stories together. But it's a super story because we combined two headlines that we had posted inside of the week because they were essentially a extension of the story or a highlight of the story expansion uh, made them one story together so there wouldn't be just extra stories floating around in the countdown and so it came up as a super story with a number four spot this one posted monday the 31st of may together the combined it gets a 4.96 percent jump from the number five story and the headline which i'm sure you have seen all over the place if you're a sports person or if you are a black person or if you're a person who's kind of paying attention to what's going on in both mental health and in both just race relations, even though it happened in France. Here's the headline. Naomi Osaka announces withdrawal from French Open after decision to not speak to the media. So what happened earlier in the countdown, which is actually Friday and actually early in that last week, we posted about Naomi Osaka saying she wasn't going to talk to the media and she knew she would be fine for it. But it's for her mental health. The French media in particular and the media in general at these events tend to ask questions that make you doubt yourself. And so she didn't want to deal with that. She said it up front. She won her first match on Thursday, I believe. And going into the weekend, she was fined. We talked we talked about that. Her $15,000 fine on that. And in the process, the French Open and all four of the major tournaments decided to put out a joint statement about Osaka specifically in saying that if she were to continue this, she would probably be uh, suspended from the tournaments, maybe even just banned from the tournaments altogether because she had to speak to the the crowd. She had to speak to the, the media when it all was done because that's what you do at these things. Of course, she missed her first media appearance. She got fined $15,000. And then come Monday, she decided she was dropping out. She had never actually advanced past round three at the French Open. So this is not one of her better better appearances anyway. But being the number two ranked person woman in the, in the sport and being a top ranked person in general, 
means you have to sort of talk about things. And she said she's been dealing with her mental health issues, depression, since she actually won the 2018 U.S. Open. So for all that time, that five years or so, she's been actually battling here or there her issues with depression. And right now just isn't the time to be putting up with stuff. Hence the statement she wasn't talking to the media at this tournament. She drops out in the world. Essentially, there are some people who did the hate thing. Appears uh, Morgan, who may or may have his own issues because of. Well, we're going to skip that, said his words. But many people, many athletes reached out to her and basically gave her congratulations for taking her mental health over anything else. Now, granted, she's not playing tennis at the moment. She's not getting paid to play tennis at the moment. That is what it is. And she understands that. And that's the thing the athletes sort of wanted to, to kind of let people know. Yeah, she makes a lot of money for being a public figure. And when she's not doing public figure stuff, she misses out on her money. But she needs to take care of her first, and hopefully she can manage her own money and take care of herself second. Um, uh, many folks have spoken on this, including Serena Williams in this tournament. The person she beat in 2018 for that title said she's proud of her. Steph Curry and LeBron James reach out, reach out to on Twitter. And Michael Phelps, who is a big, big, big supporter of talking to about people in general and athletes specifically now on mental health, spoke out about the fact that he's proud of her for doing what she needed to do. He's upset for the backlash and kind of how things work out in these cases, but he's definitely very proud of her for what she did. Uh, so hopefully Naomi will be much, much better very soon back to either playing tennis or just doing whatever it is she, hell she feels like doing. I mean, she's probably got enough money to take care of herself for a while anyway. So if she's not out there performing for you and she can get her bills paid, then it doesn't really matter what it is. Oh, by the way, engagement on the day uh, that we posted this into the this this story, 20.52%. Yeah, this one was going to make it. USA Today is our source of this one. You can look for it pretty much anywhere around the internets that you're looking for your news. Number three, story that was um, extremely late in the process being posted, posted yesterday, as yesterday, as we're recording this on Friday the 4th, but uh, posted on Thursday, the 3rd of June, uh, with a bump in response from the number four story of 14.57%. Uh, this was kind of a surprising thing because of the way it happened, but not surprising in what happened. Headline, Crews Remove Barriers, Memorials at George Floyd Square. George Floyd Square, essentially the intersection where George Floyd was killed. And ever since the murder of George Floyd, uh, that area has been been backed up by people who were protesting and then later people doing memorials. Um, so, so the police essentially officially barricaded it off, put up concrete blocks and things to keep people, uh, essentially cars, motor vehicles, uh, and some of the funny business out of the square. On Thursday, the crews removed all the concrete barriers that blocked the traffic. It took about four hours to take care of everything, and once it was all said and done, um, there was traffic in the square, in the street, for a little while until other organizers basically made their own barricades and blocked things off and, and sort of took it back to normal. Now, George Floyd Square is not an official thing. It just sort of happened organically as things happen. So that's what you get when organic things happen. That's what you have. And it's staying as memorial. And, and although the crews tried to clear up as much memorial stuff as they could, 
it looks like it's going to be closed off and be an issue, a real issue, as regular people are now doing this. The big issue is the people that actually live there, the businesses and the residents of that area can't drive through, can't get any serious work done. I don't think, I've said this three or four times in the last month, a month and a half, I don't think the Cup Foods, the store that George Floyd was allegedly using, trying to pass off forfeit, counterfeit $20 bills, I don't think it's been open since um, the, since the attack, since, since, since the actions. So a lot of people are losing money and just frustrated with life because their life extremely disrupted by what's going on down there. Obviously, what happened was extremely bad, but we can't. They literally can't get past it because they can't get past their own doorways. In a lot of cases, go to our website. This is theconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. It's for the week ending June the fifth, two thousand twenty-one, and click the link for this story to go deeper into it and all the stories, all two hundred nine stories that are counted down. Even though we're only talking about eleven of them are on the website. You can click a link and see what it's all about with those full stories and see what stories that didn't quite make it that you may wish we got voted up a little, a little higher. Number two is our second super story. We combined two stories, as we said, to make it one so it wouldn't float around in different places. The first part of the story was the fact that Ken Clipperson sent out a tweet to various Republican uh, peoples who um, to plea on Memorial Day to send out pictures of his great uncle because he's a Marine and it's Memorial Day and he you know he died and he's a Marine and he do that. One of those is Matt Gates and many people who of course uh, forwarded or, or, or tweeted ahead it from Matt Gates picture unfortunately Lee Harvey Oswald who was a Marine. And also killed a, a president. So there you go. That got posted uh, got posted early in the week. Uh, but on Wednesday, we posted the follow-up uh, to this one, which was Ken Clipperson blames Candace Owen for being fired after pulling Memorial Day prank on Matt Gates. As you said, Wednesday, the 2nd of June, we posted that. The combined story came out to be a bump in response from the three of 6.87%. This one in particular had an engagement of 10.9% on the day it posted into the website, uh, posted into newsletter from the website meow.com, another odd but new source of good and sometimes strange news. Here's the deal for Ken Clippinson. He was fired from his actual job and actual publication for doing this. And he doesn't say it was because he pranked Matt Gates who in turn had people following such as Matt Schapp and Denise D'Souza also retweeting the picture and then taking it down. He blames Candace Owens and Candace Owens is back and forth. Their little Twitter beef back and forth where first she um, accused, she figured out who, who the picture was and she accused um, Clipperson of photoshopping a, a killer, his face onto a Marine and, and all that. Of course, people were quick to tell Miss Owens that um, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was an actual Marine. So yeah, there's there's that. But there's also just the there was a back and forth between the two of them and all that happened. He got fired and he ended up with a tweet saying, tell Candace Owens, I hope she's happy. I've been let go from my job. You can go deeper into this story because it is it is a bit of a, of a brain teaser on that one. Uh, what happened? There was a simple prank. The men that took the prank fell for it, and it got backed away. But it got really blown up proportion by, of all people, 
Candace Owen. I Every time Candace Owen comes up, I always talk about how I just feel the need to just give her a hug and ask her, you know, who exactly hurt you? Why are you so angry? What can we do to make you feel better? Because there's just it's, just, it's just that. And it's not the blacky, black, black, black stuff. It's just that no one can seem to understand where she's coming from, what she's doing. Well, they know what she's doing, but where she's coming from and why she's doing the things and saying the things and being the things that, that she is. Not that I'm feeling sorry for Ken Klippenstein for getting fired for the prank, but it also is in a weird way that we are elevating Can um we're elevating Candace Owens into a, a state of mind and letting her um take up residence in our minds for extremely discounted rates when at least as far as I'm concerned, she don't belong there. But you guys say she belonged there, and you guys say she belonged number two this week. And so if that's where you say she should live, a little corner in the back of my mind, and apparently I need to keep the space clear because she'll probably come back there more often than not. But here's one that we have to really get into. This is the number one story of the week. We always give it grand fanfare. We make sure that you know just how awesome the story is. Story posted on Tuesday, the 1st of June, one of the first stories of the month and the second half of the year. It gets a bumpy response from the number two story, all by its lonesome, no super story needed of 68.17%. Bumpy response from story at number 10, which is Little Uzi Vert, which is oddly enough, it's kind of sort of coincidental. Uh, his story about getting the pink diamond taken out of his head, a bump in response, more responsive by 305%. And for the almost relevant story of the week, that is story 209. We'll give you the headline and details on that one in a moment. But it was more responsive to that story by 17,333.33%. Yes, we're going to keep going on that one. So what's the deal for the number one story? Engagement in the newsletter, as it was posted on Wednesday, is 33.49% all by its lonesome. And page six is where we sourced it for ourselves. Your headline, Rapper the Baby Allegedly Involved in Miami Beach Shooting. Let me read you some of the baby news. Rapper The Baby was allegedly involved in a shooting in Miami's ritzy South Beach, where two people were injured in a street gun battle, according to multiple sources. Miami Beach Police Department spokesperson Ernesto Rodriguez confirmed to Local 10 News on Tuesday that, quote, several possible subjects, unquote, have been detained, including the rapper after he and his entourage were suspected to be involved in the shooting late Monday. The victim's identities have not yet been released. A source exclusive to page six said the baby and his crew had an issue with people right next to them in the car. The baby and his crew were traveling in around six SUVs and either a car pulled up on them and started something or the doors hit each other and they got into a fight. The shooting allegedly occurred just after 1130 p.m. near the corner of Ocean Drive and First Street. Multiple people called 911 to report hearing gunshots. Police arrived to find two people who had been shot, one in the leg, the other in the shoulder. They were rushed to Jackson Memorial Hospital, Ryder Trauma Center, Local 10 News reported. The baby, whose real name is Jonathan Lindell Kirk, recently became the most streamed rapper on Spotify per month, overtaking Drake and picked up a major win for top rap song for his hot winner topper, Rockstar, with Roddy Rich and Billboard Music at the Billboard Music Awards, he has numerous past run-ins with the law, mostly for minor offenses like marijuana possession. So the number one story we give the fanfare, give the hype, we do all that stuff, mostly in jest, and then we take the time because it's normally something 
that's worthy of a bit of commentary. And we're going to give this one a bit of commentary, but it, it's, it's, it's just an odd one to do the way it is. Um, I am not a fan of the baby. I know he exists. This is a guy that I actually know exists, but I could not pick him out of a lineup and I could not tell his music from um, the, the ABC song. Or maybe I could because the ABC song is a song I know. Uh, but this is another case, and I don't want to say about them people because I'm one of them people. Uh, them people live in that lifestyle that um, might be a bit of a bit much, you know, trying to out thug each other. This is essentially the issue at hand from last week when we dealt with the shooting at the concert in Miami-Dade County. And this is just something that I'm going to say quickly and then back away. We need to do better at. I don't know what the actual beef was. I don't know what the actual static happened. I'm not sure why guns were pulled. And we don't even know exactly who the victims in there, if they're with, with, with the baby's entourage or the other group of folks. Um, please don't scratch at the people's cars. Please don't just get in people's faces. Please try to squash your beefs before they get started. Please just bring down the temperature. Let's have less static, less fussing, less shooting at people. Because there's enough folks shooting at people for the extreme crazy reasons. Let's not let a scuffle that can be handled with words, quick words, and been bygones go away. We have many fine sponsors for the Conversation Project and this podcast, Weekly Wrap-Up. But one of our more favorite sponsors, which is not proper terminology, is Blinkist. And the Blinkist app is an app that I literally cannot live without. It is how I stay sane in a lot of cases because in just as little as 15 minutes, although there are some out there that are much, much more timely or take up much more time, you can read a full nonfiction book. Now, you can read the details, if you will. Blinkist takes your favorite nonfiction books and some books that you've wanted to get to for a while but think they just take too much time to read. It breaks them down into blinks. These are the main points of the book, and it'll take them so that a book that would normally take 12 hours to read, you can take in in blinks in about 15 minutes. The blinks can be either read, because they're books after all, or you can listen to them in audio form. So if you don't have time to sit down and read, you can also listen to it while you do other things. Just as proof, these are some of the recent books that I was able to complete using the Blinkist app, including... What Are You Doing With Your Life by Jido Karishmuftu, Get Good With Money by Tiffany Alchi, Grit to Great by Linda Kaplan Thayer, also One Direction by Mike Bayer, Survival of the Friendliest, Friendliest sorry about that, Brian Hare and Vanessa Wood, and also Own It, Love It, Make It Work, Carson Tate with that one. And that's just a few that I got, got through of in the last couple of days. The Blinkist app allows you to take a spare hour and literally take in a full hour, four books in that hour. You'll be amazed by what you can do. And you can get a seven-day free trial of the full version of the app by going to thisistheconversation.com slash Blinkist. Thisistheconversation.com slash Blinkist. The Blinkist app is something that once you get into, you will not know how you live without it. It does not replace real full books. In fact, Every blink you have offers you a link so you can get that same book in Kindle and read the full version when you get a chance to. But if you don't have that chance and want to get the big gist of it and be like all the other readers out there, try this app. It will help you out. Go to thisistheconversation.com slash Blinkist and try the Blinkist app seven full days for free. So we're going to wrap up with the stats and then get you the story at 209. That is what we call the almost relevant story of the week. 
the engagement for the number one story of this week for the full week of engagement of all the stories out there, out of 209, the top story got 6.36% of all the engagement of people that were in on this thing. And we tell you what goes on for the top 10. 29.49% of the people who engaged in any of our stories, Twitter, Facebook, engaged in the top 10 stories, the stories we just talked about, which is a little low. It's usually around 35%. So I'm not sure where that happened to the week. That meant the stories in 11 through 15, we don't go through deep into those. We talk about number 11, the B.J. Thomas dying at 78. But we look at those stories for comparison, stories that were quite, not quite in range, but almost there. They took up 7.01%, a little bit on the high side, usually 6.5, if you want to call it half percent a, an issue. The story, uh, well, first, Twitter and Facebook. Facebook love and Twitter love is back to something closer to normal. Facebook love at 96, 9.66%, while Twitter 90.34%. So 10 to 90% on the levels. Twitter back more or less where it's normal, but we would love to have more consistent Facebook love. Hopefully get it up to about 20%. That may be wishful thinking, but the Twitter things go so fast, it is what it is. And for the final story, it's engagement on the entire week's worth of time. 0.04%. A little high. Average is actually 0.03%. But this is a story that is of the norm. That is a story that was posted on Friday. Friday before we cut things off. Friday the 4th, not Friday the 28th when we get things started. Uh, so it just did not have the time to gather much moss. And so it so it is, so it be, so it do. But we do give it a little bit of life and fanfare here because sometimes it's something that's fairly important. Sometimes it's something that's really, really odd. This is one that that is a little sickening. So we'll get to it in a moment. But the bump in response or the unbump in response, if you will. So need to call a real call on that. This story less responsive than the number one story by 17,333 percent. Our source for this story is CNN.com. This is a long one, and since I didn't get a chance to pre-see it throughout the week, I can't really, I can't really skim over it. So I'm going to read the full story. Bear with me. Eight high school football coaches suspended over allegations they made a Hebrew Israelite player eat a pizza that had contained pork. Yes, that apparently happened. Eight high school football coaches in Canton, Ohio, have been suspended while police investigate allegations they forced a Hebrew Israelite player to eat a pizza that had previously had pork on it, despite knowing his beliefs forbade him from eating it, police and the student's lawyer told CNN. A 17-year-old student, whose name hasn't been released, is a rising senior at Canton McKinley High School, where he was an offensive lineman on the football team. After skipping an earlier weightlifting session because of an injury, the team's coach told him to eat an entire pepperoni pizza as punishment on May 24th while his teammates were forced to carry heavy weight this as they exercised around him, attorney Edward Gilbert said. The teenager reminded the head coach multiple times he did not eat pork. The student had previously told coaching staff multiple times that he was a Hebrew Israelite and did not eat pork because of his religion, the attorney added. Quote, it is our contention that the coach was fully aware of this and intentionally ordered a pork pizza for the punishment, Gilbert said. After coaches yelled at him and threatened the team with more exercises, the student was allowed to take off the pepperoni slices and some of the cheese that subsequently and subsequently ate the pizza, despite considering it still unclean because of pork residue, according to the attorney. Head football coach Marcus Watley did not respond to requests for comments made to emails and phone numbers listed for him. Quote, 
The Canton Police Department was contacted yesterday by the school system to make a report for the alleged possible hazing incident. Police Chief Jack Angelo told CNN. More from him. We are currently investigating and our results will be turned over to the Canton City Prosecutor's Office for a determination on any charges. Superintendent Jeff Talbert issued a statement on the district's website Wednesday saying in part that the school's initial investigation into the incident had concluded and the discipline will follow. His words, the investigation found that the identified coaches engaged in actions that constituted inappropriate, demeaning, and divisive behavior in a misguided attempt to instill discipline in the student-athletes. This behavior will not be tolerated and further disciplinary measures for staff, which have not yet been determined, will follow. Of course, the student is seeking to be transferred to another school after the traumatic episode, I would say so, and has had to seek therapy, Gilbert told CNN. More from Gilbert, you look at coaches as role models. The trust has been violated here. Once again, sorry for the poor reading and the long reading. This is one we had to kind of pull it together after the fact because it didn't rank anywhere and it was so late into the rankings. We don't know what the bottom story is until we pull the numbers, crunch the numbers and complete all five editions of the eight things to talk about newsletter. So we don't know till we know and then we have to pull it together. But thank you so much for listening. This is a story that that is disturbing that people don't have enough GD common sense to not do GD stupid stuff. This is embarrassing. This is stupid. And I'm, it's one of those things where, no, you're not going to you're not going to fire up old Sparky for something like this. But still, there should be a punishment that really, really inflicts some sort of actual insult to these people, to these coaches for doing something just so stupid and just so unaware of just culture in itself. I can complain about this all day long. I could really give you commentary on this one, but unfortunately we are out of time. Once we hit the last story at 209, it is time to wrap things up. And that is what we're doing right now for the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne. As we said, you want to get a high on how things are going all week long. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, eight things to talk about Monday through Friday. We'll give you eight things to the beginning of the day to talk about with the people that you meet throughout your day, whether you're back at work in real time or wandering through the streets or doing your zoom thing. There's, if you need to bring something up, these are not necessarily the eight top stories, eight most important stories, eight breaking news, all day stories, but there are eight things that people out there just like you decided were really worth talking about, chatting up, and having some discussion on. And if you want to be a part of that discussion, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and follow those stories as they pop in and you engage and you vote with your engagement. Like them, love them, hate them, share them on Facebook. Look for This is the Conversation. On Twitter, look for TH underscore conversation. As we say, every 50 minutes, brand new news stories for you to get into and see and tell us that you want to talk about you want to help things out around here, go to our website, thisistheconversation.com. You can click on any single one of our advertisements, including our main sponsor for this episode, which is Blinkist, uh, which you also see advertisements in our other features, including the newsletter and the feed. Or you can go to thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships. Click on that partnership link and see if there's a way that you would like to partner up and help us directly keep things going. The most important thing you can do is make sure you are following us on the podcast link. That means you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on this. You don't go looking for it. And of course, share the podcast with other like-minded people and share the, the feeds as well. So we have more people in on our conversations together to have better conversations, if you will. More details, more diversity, more voices, even if some of those voices 
are a bit annoying and don't say what you want to hear because that's how you get to learn things from people who are saying things that aren't the same things you're thinking. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation project and being a part of what's going on here. This thing does not, it just doesn't work without you. Uh, we could find ways to pick our own stories and we could talk into the microphones, you know, just because, but this works because we have you to talk to and you to tell us what to talk about. And that is why things work for this project. So for all the crew behind the scenes of the conversation project and this is conversation.com, I'm Jacob Payne. We are posting news stories all the time, even right now, they're auto posted. So don't worry about that. But all day, all night, every 50 minutes, brand new news stories for you to engage in. And then we'll see when we come back next weekend, which of those stories you decided from Friday to Friday were the tops in conversations, the ones that you chose to be the ones that we're talking about on the weekly wrap up. And with that, we'll talk to you next week.